0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Barkley the back, Jones under center, trailing 7-0. They're going to mark him at the 28 of the Vikings. First and 10, snapping the pitch out. It's Barkley, a block from the left tackle.
0: He goes past the 25, first side lane wow. 20, Right to tackle, 10, 5 touchdown he's in what a run swerving by defenders rocketing down the
1: sideline Saquon Barkley with a 28-yard sideline touchdown
2: run
0: breaking tackles on the way and terrific blocking led by Andrew Thomas and they're within an extra point Mike a tie in the game
2: the Parkinson Spiegel show afternoons on the score Kevin Harlan, Westwood one on the call that call, obviously not from the divisional round of the playoffs because there was not a touchdown away from tying the game moment for the New York Giants. It was kind of a dud of a football weekend, honestly, Uh, but I want to talk about Saquon Barkley here. We will get to Mike McCarthy. We will get to uh, what did you say?
3: Would, would I, you, the horrible timing but this is joel murray's window bill murray's brother one of lynn's best friends this is his window do you want to talk to joel murray for five ten minutes and then move to saquon barkley i don't know how to do this communication because i couldn't you know, you're see i, got a, I got a
2: glare over where you are so i couldn't yeah. read your lips you yeah. should wait for
1: the other guy to talk and then we have the conversation Right, and then i <laughs> can talk in your ear or something like that oh, Yeah, but he's
2: not here where what What? he's not yeah he's mexico yeah yeah <laughs> again yeah. yeah well you know just dominican last time yeah you know he I thought he was <laughs> jewish <laughs> yeah 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 he doesn't look
3: uh Yeah. So I'll get Joel Murray on the line real quick. So you can set up your point. I'm going to get Joel on. Then we'll put him on. And then you can talk to him about Lynn for a little while, huh?
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, this is the type of thing that Lynn loved about our show.
3: Right. And Joel is with his brother, very, very famous actor, Bill. Brian Doyle. Yeah, Brian Doyle. <laughs> Bill at the moment. So oh. maybe we'll, we'll, we'll... I can't speak.
1: <laughs> okay. Once we get him on the line... Joel Murray can hear the fabulous production that we've got. We got a little Lynn stuff in here too. So once we get on the line though, which is not so yet. So then I,
2: so when we get him on the line, I throw to you. <laughs> yeah. I say we're going to have to talk to Joel Murray next and then you throw and then you're going to hit something. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, hmm. I'll get back to my football point in a minute. He's Re- really good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. But am I waiting to introduce him until we get Speaks on also? Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. You're gonna get speaks under Okay, fine. So we're gonna to talk to Joel Murray here in a minute. Uh they did a bunch of the uh hot stove cool musics together, comedy actor and uh brother of Bill and the whole big cub fan and the whole thing. So we're gonna we're gonna do that. He wanted to talk about Lynn Bramer, so we're going to uh do that in a matter of moments. But anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, exactly. I know what you're doing and I appreciate you. Yeah, thank
2: you. Thank you very much. Well, it's like I have football thoughts, guys. Kind of a big football
3: weekend. Just start him. I I haven't been doing this job very long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so it was interesting. You have you have Saquon after the game, Tanny. Mercifully, please, God, somebody. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of instrumental to the point. Uh, Saquon is a free agent. The Bears have 120 million in cap space. Listen to how he discussed his own free agency.
1: I'm not really too concerned about recent any markets or anything like that.
3: Um I'm realistic. Uh I know where I was on, you know, pace to do. Uh but having two years of filled up with injuries and, you know, having a season of not performing to a level that I know I can perform, uh doesn't help. Uh but I, I think I was able to show that the type of caliber player I am, um and the things I'm able to do on a football field. Um, that was something. I, that's something I wanted to do. That was my goal this year, and I was able to accomplish that. Um, and now it's just, you know, sit down when my agent, Kim, um, see what. Happened.
2: Okay, so the key part in there from Saquon was, I'm not really too concerned with resetting the market. We will get back to Saquon Barkley and the Bears, and whether or not that fits. In a matter of moments, but we have Joel Murray who we're going to go to here in a second. But I basically, the Bears can afford it should they do it, even though it's not a position that you normally pay. So we will get back to that in a little bit. We started the show for the first hour, we were doing a tribute to our best friend in the whole world, Lynn Bramer. We will continue that throughout the show. So we are now joined by the comedic actor and Lynn Bramer's friend, Joel Murray.
4: And Joel Murray, with the Cubs leading 4-3 in the seventh inning, is ready to sing Take Me Out to the Ballgame. Come
3: on, it's Saturday night. Let me
4: hear you. You brought up Mad Men. We couldn't be bigger fans here. So I, I read for Freddie Rumsen. I got the part, and the first scene I got to do was with Elizabeth Moss.
3: Here's your basket of kisses.
4: Basket of kisses. That's cute. Who told you that?
0: I just thought of it. Isn't that what it is?
4: It is, sweetheart. That Weiner is like, yeah, let's do that again. You've got this sadness about you now. Your girl, full of surprises. Oh, pretty Peggy Sue. Peggy? Actually, she really stood out
2: brainstorming-wise.
1: Brainstorming? It was like watching a dog. Play the piano. I'm strolling through my uh, Facebook uh, updates and come across a snapshot. and go, okay, yeah, that looks kind of like Van Morrison with a guitar and a little hat. He's in somebody's backyard. Our friend Joel Murray went to a fundraiser. It was a house party. <laughs> Van Morrison played in the backyard. Standing with uh, Jamie Foxx and Grace Potter and Philip Phillips. But uh, it took me aback because, you know, Van, you know, you see him on stage. You don't see him in backyards. I don't see him in backyards that he doesn't often. doesn't seem like a garden party kind of guy. He doesn't seem like a guy. That's a very well put uh, observation. Doesn't seem like a garden party kind of guy. But there you have it, Van Morrison. When it's not always rain,
4: there'll be days like Joining
2: us now to remember the great Lynn Bramer is joel murray on the score joel thank you so much for making the time how you doing today
4: hey my pleasure i'm uh out in california and a beautiful day and uh i've been listening to the tribute on xrt and uh i was told i should give you guys a call uh yeah what a great day to be alive
2: yes uh and you know even though it's what we talked about actually about an hour ago that uh Lynn was saying that and it became kind of his mantra, but it was also a reminder to us. He didn't, he didn't want to be mourned, Joel. He wanted to be celebrated and he wanted us to be grateful to be alive. Even now that he is not
4: right on. Yeah. No, I mean, he was just a, a a ball of energy and, uh, he was phenomenal in that way. And I, you know, people were saying that you'd see him at a concert at, you know, 11 at night and think, God, this guy's got to be on the air in four hours. How, how's he going to do it? But, uh, He was a dynamo. He was, uh, he was great and uh, a huge sports fan. And since we're on the score, we might talk sports.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, and I know you wanted to talk with uh, Matt Spiegel, who you shared many a stage with around hot stove, cool music and other things. So Spiegel is in Mexico. You're in California. And, uh, appropriately the sun came out for the first time in 15 days here in chicago so speaks, we got you
5: wow yeah we do hey danny i love that the sun came out <laughs> thank you joel what a what what an amazing thing for us uh, to be together but that's that's what lynn has been doing right i've been texting with a ton of people obviously and we've all connected i'm sure you have too joel with people whose who's, who's lost, um crossed yeah. both yours and lynn's together right
4: and I was reading some of your threads on Twitter, or wherever I saw it. I think it was Twitter. But, yeah, you, a lot of people have been checking in with you. You know, we we, we shared some microphones over the years, and uh, that, that's pre-COVID action. But, uh, yeah, it's great to hear your voice.
5: Yeah, man, what did we sing together? We sang together, you and me. We shared a mic in Boston. I think it was Tom Petty. Backing's on, was it Free Fallin'? I don't remember.
4: I, I think so. I think it was a all-petty night that night, wasn't it?
5: Yes, yes. It was, it was a whole night of Petty. And um, and you were you were not shy, as befitting the well. family and your career and your life. You were you were bold and solid, by the I'm, way. I'm that was avid, a surprise. Avid
4: backup singer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a choir yeah, boy. They're... I sang for the Pope in '76, uh, uh, the whole Year '75, uh, 1975. Sang for the Pope with uh, ten thousand other choir boys. But uh, lead of the musical in my high school and uh, the captain of the football team. So not too many guys did that. Wow. Uh,
5: See, see, that's yeah. it, though, right? That, that, those are the two worlds. I mean, there are a lot of other worlds that Lynn trafficked in, but if I had to pick to talk sports and music with baseball and music, it's Lynn. A, a friend of mine, Mark Sutton, from the, um, from the, uh, you yeah. uh, right? It's improv guy. Yeah, yeah of course. All you improv Olympic guys. Yeah. Imp- improv Olympic guy. Improv Olympic guy and annoyance. Anno- one of the founders anyway. of the annoyance, I believe. But uh, right. he said that Lynn, Lynn right now should be on a bar stool between Ernie Banks and Charlie Watts, the drummer for the Stones. <laughs> and, and I I feel like that's perfect because he could explain the nuance of both of their worlds to each other. And, and I just want to be nearby as he does it. Right, to them, exactly.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'd go too deep at that bar just to listen in. <laughs> that's uh, right.
2: Joel, what do you... Uh... You and Lynn at Hot Stove, right? The the matching Cubs blazers. Do I have the story right? 2015, someday we'll 2015, go all
4: the way. 2015, yeah. Uh, he, he was downright giddy because he knew he was showing up in the same blazer I had worn a couple days earlier. And we were <laughs> twins all day, and we we killed it on the auction that day. And uh, we did really well. And Eddie Vedder got up and sang, someday we'll go all the way, with uh, the majority of the Chicago Cubs lifting him on their shoulders at that point. and And... Uh, Lynn turned to me and gave me like a head bob, like he was dancing the music and a a smile. And we both knew that definitely there was no doubt in the universe that the Cubs were going to win the world series the next year. And sure enough, they did. And, uh, he, he called me up out of the blue the next October. He knew I was in town and, uh, he called me up out of the blue and, uh, he invited me to come over and be on the morning show with Mary Dixon and himself. And, um, I went, and it was still dark when I got there, but we got to watch the sunrise over an empty uh, Wrigley Field from the press box and uh, got to watch some guys paint World Series 2016 between the batting circles and the dugouts. And uh, I said to this day, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Wow.
2: That is uh...
4: pretty good. Yeah. But he thought I might like that, and he was dead fucking right. Excuse my French.
2: Oh, hey, hey, you're. Yeah. I think you're. You calling us between the ninth and the tenth T, right? I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Members aren't allowed to swear here.
5: Uh, <laughs> see, well,
4: you know see, the other thing. See,
5: on, on I, that, that night is one of the. Go ahead, Joel. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Joel.
4: I was going. I was going to
5: move on. Uh, to, well, just I'm just trying to think of that night. Uh, No, no, stay on that night for a minute because that was like... yeah, and all the baseball players as you're as you're saying, all the musicians and Eddie could not have been cooler. Eddie Vedder was like so warm and sweet and generous to the musicians and all the baseball players were warm and sweet. And you gotta understand, Lynn, because I talked to Lynn leading up to that, he's like, I gotta work with Joel. You're a daunting comedic presence, my friend. This <laughs> is not like, you know, this is whose line is it anyway, caliber improv at the highest level of intelligence. And you were kind to jamokes like, uh, like certainly like me trying to make small talk in the, in, in the green room. And could Lynn hang with you on the comedic levels? Oh yeah. Uh, And
4: you know, Lynn liked to talk. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, (laughs) he he was pretty good with the words himself, but, um, and there were people like there were some X, XRT producers that were trying to get us to like follow a plan and things like that. And Lynn just kind of gave me a look and I gave him a look and, uh, we walked away from him because, you know, I've never really listened to that guy. I won't name names at this point. Never really listened to that guy, but uh, we're just going to go with the flow, right? We're just going to kind of seal it, and go with the vibe. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so then last year, uh, DB Sweeney joined us. We, we, there were three MCs, and he was kind of trying to plan stuff out. And uh, we're kind of like, yeah, no, that's never really worked for us. Thanks, though. Uh, I think we, we did allow him to introduce. we. Decided to introduce each other. That's all that we had planned at all. But uh, we just winged it. And uh, he was more than adequate. Uh, very, very good. Uh, and, you know, a much better vocabulary than I had when Lynn was capable and beyond. Than yeah.
2: all of us. I mean, the guy could reference sports, music, Shakespeare, poetry. Kant.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Physics. Yeah. You name it. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, talking sports, he was a riot to play golf with. And I only got to play golf with him a couple of times. But, um, you know, we, we both uh, we both had really good swings for softball players, but uh, not necessarily <laughs> for golfers. Uh, but similar in a way. And we were kind of a good match. And we were going to play with this guy who spent a ton of money at the auction. Uh, and he paid even more money to play golf with Lynn and I at that course on the south side, south of the steel yards where you can see the, you know, like soldier field and you can see the city in the distance. I forget what Har- it's called. Harborside. Harborside. Exactly. Uh, so we're playing down there and we're supposed to meet this guy at like seven thirty in the morning. And Lynn and I are there on the tee and we're, we're waiting, we're waiting and waiting. And the guy shows up and he's obviously been up all night and he's smashed. And, uh, he whiffed probably the first three swings and then, you know, put something sideways. And, uh, Lynn could not have been nicer to this guy. And I, I I wrote this guy off after the second whiff, but Lynn could not have been nicer and, and check trying to engage him in conversation. And, uh, you know, the guy ended up quitting after 16 holes, couldn't make it two more. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just couldn't believe how patient he was. And he and I walked and this kid, he was, it was a good 10 years younger than me and you know, whatever, 18 years younger than Lynn. Uh, but he, he took a cart and Lynn and I walked with pull carts and uh, it was just a fabulous day, but uh, I could not believe how sweet he was in engaging to a guy who was bordering on a coma at any moment. Uh, but he, he's like, well, you paid the money, you get the trip, you know,
5: you know, all, all right. We're gonna, gonna he do, saw, we're he gonna saw the, to the
2: positives in everything. That, that's yeah.
5: amazing. He's
2: yes, he did. And he, he,
5: and he loved talking to everybody, Danny.
2: Yeah, even he us. you
5: love talking to absolutely everybody. like everybody had the same currency, even us, even us. I um even hey, us. joel, you you have always been so incredibly kind yeah and 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 you're uh, you are Chicago royalty. and uh, to have you on our air um, and and thinking about men is is really special. thanks for for answering our call, man.
4: Thank you, Joel. I am a pawn in the Chicago chess set. what What town in Mexico are you speaks <laughs> What uh, I'm in
5: Puerto Vallarta. Um, love is exciting love is exciting and new in Puerto Vallarta. Um, and uh, this morning, while listening to the XRT tribute, well, the, while listening to the XRT tribute, I uh, I painted a ceramic fish. So uh, it was good. I think um, my tears mixed in with the paint. So I think it's lovely, and it could be yours for the low price of five thousand dollars, Joel, if you're interested.
4: Oh, all right. Well, put me down. Uh, yeah, no, the firing, that'll be interesting on, on the tears when you fire it in the kiln. But, uh, all right, painting <laughs> a ceramic true. fish. That is the weirdest euphemism I've ever heard, man. But uh, you do what you do.
2: Spiegs, we'll Thanks, talk man. to you later. Enjoy Mexico. Again,
4: Joel, enjoy the love back you.
2: nine. Thank you for the time, sir.
4: All right, here's to that Bears draft. Yeah,
2: we'll talk about that at some point down the road. Thank you. That's Joel Murray. Um all right Speaks, you're you're, uh, okay. you're you're coming back on at five is that right
5: yeah man yeah I mi- I, I just I miss you guys I miss you guys I'm I, I know it's an incredibly hard day there and uh and I miss being with you three specifically to commiserate and and think about all this and process so I'll talk to you at five all I right be you su- you doing okay
2: be sure you're connected for uh for Tanny's open it was uh it was spectacular so we'll get back uh, we'll uh, Spie- Jump, dump them dump them dump them yeah hey, hey, hey it was fine it's fine we're not gonna split the
1: small stuff
3: there's like a two second delay because he's not on wi-fi and he's very obviously sitting in
1: a pool in mexico <laughs> yeah there's a delay all right i don't know if it's tech related <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I, mean?
2: <laughs> I know what you mean coach where It's five o'clock somewhere where speaks yeah
3: huh so i when he gets on wi-fi in that hotel room we should be we should be clear
2: cool yeah and there won't be someone else on the golf course in california
1: yeah bill murray yeah i know really wish we
3: could have heard him in the background
1: he was the best part of all of it he was like rock solid on his end Joel, yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. except for the one little you know
2: one f-bob yeah Yeah, one f-bob what's the what's an f-bob you make
3: guys comfortable that's what you do
2: try to yeah try to uh yeah probably wasn't a cocktail that he had on the on the front nine in the setting that he was in but anyway so there's joel murray remembering uh His friend Lynn Bramer and him and Speaks across paths. So he was like, Who's on the show? And Shane was like, Danny Parkinson, Matt Spiegel. He's like, Oh, I'd love to talk to Speaks. Like, Well, I guess we'll get him for you. (laughs) And so we brought Speaks on for Show. Where's Speaks? Yeah, exactly. It's like the question of the month of January. January on the Parkinson Spiegel show is brought to you by Where's Spiggs? So do we have any other surprises or should I attempt to get off a of sports thought in the next segment?
3: I have one more that I haven't told you about that. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, if it does happen, great. It'll be awesome. If it doesn't, then I'll tell you off the air.
2: Okay. Is it likely to happen in the next segment?
3: At, th- at this rate today, Danny, you know, I-, I don't think there's really a plan.
2: Okay. I'll try to intro the take
1: then. And then so Saquon on Barkley. We're going to get him or what? Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It- it's a weird spot to be. It won't be in the next segment. Okay, well, then I should be able to execute a sports talk. You're though. probably good, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do my best to, to do this little ditty that we call Sports Talk Radio next on the score.
3: I always go back to the premium positions. We're always going to look at, um, you know, pass rushers. We're going to look at uh, offensive linemen, uh, corners. Uh, so that's where we're always going to start and see if can we win it, Can we play winning football with those premium positions? And then we move from there.
2: All right, so that was Ryan Poles talking about the offseason, and it's a unique situation the Bears find themselves in because they've got $120 million in cap space. You can roll over some cap money from year to year, but there is a floor that you have to to get to. That's why the Bears had so much dead cap space this year, meaning money spent on players that weren't on the team. Now, you can use that money and spend to that minimum in different creative ways. You can do it with contract extensions. You could do it with contract signings. You can do it with signing bonuses. Like there, there, there are a lot of different ways, you know, to, to, to spend money and all of that. But the bears are going to have to spend a lot of money this off season. And then you start looking at who are they going to spend it on? And it's not a great free agent year. if I'm being honest. And you don't know who's going to hit free agency because, like a lot, a, a name that everybody's talked about, we've talked about Deron Payne, twenty-six-year-old pass-rushing interior defensive lineman from the Commanders. Like, are they really going to let him hit free agency? Maybe they've paid, you know, Chase Young, and they have Montez Sweat. And how many resources can you really put onto one unit like a defensive line like that? Well, time will tell. But it's, it's rare that an interior defensive lineman who's a good pass rusher actually hits the open market when things like the franchise tag exists. So like if Montez Sweat hits the open market, the Bears will try to sign him, just like I'm sure Cleveland would try to sign him and Atlanta would try to sign him and some of the other teams that have a ton of cap space. But one position that is very, 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 very deep this year is running back. And I am normally team don't pay running backs. It's a fungible position, all of that sort of thing. There's a, It's a good draft class. It's a good free agent class. David Montgomery is good, but he's not that fast. So what are you going to do at that position when you've been a run-based team? And so this is what I can't get out of my head. Luke Getzey came from Green Bay. They ran the ball a lot. Luke Getzey came from Green Bay. They had Aaron Jones and still drafted A.J. Dillon. The Bears have to spend a ton of money. The Bears need premium talents. The position that seems to have the most premium talent available happens to be running back. Saquon Barkley says he is not looking to reset the market, but he just hopes to be a giant for life on a long-term deal. So what does that mean? Well, resetting the market for running back Would be north of 16 million per year. That's what Christian McCaffrey got. The franchise tag is about 11 million for a running back. So that tells you there's your range. Like if you could get Saquon, you probably got to go above 11 million, but he's probably not going to get because he hasn't done it consistently enough because of injury, 16 million. So let's just split the difference. Call it 13 million, call it 14 million per year, whatever you want to do. Would you, the Bears fan, while you're spending Ryan Poles' money in a year where there are not a lot of marquee premium dudes, would you give $14 million a year to a running back and make Saquon Barkley the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL? Say, lower than McCaffrey, Lower than Zeke. His contract is horrendous, by the way. Lower than Alvin Kamara. But, but make him higher paid than Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. Like, slot him in there. And now teams have to deal with RPOs and zone reads. And the dudes are Justin Fields and Saquon Barkley. I, my initial answer is no, because I don't pay running backs. But if you have to spend to the floor and you need
3: premium talent, it might be the move. I think there might be three or four, maybe, running backs in the NFL that I would pay for. Saquon Barkley's one of them. Chris McCaffrey, another one. Josh Jacobs, another one. There are just some guys that have the ability to break open a game and absolutely handcuff a team. And like you said, when you're considering him in the run game with Justin Fields and the options that gives you to then also open up the pass game because you have no idea what's about to happen, it's, it's a luxury that should be paid for because Saquon Barkley is just special. But also, if he came here, I'd tell him he can't wear that stupid-ass dangly earring anymore. <laughs> That's gone. We're taking that out.
2: Okay, well, you're tough like that.
3: Or like with Al Harris and the Packers, you want to wear it? I'm going to talk you by your hair. Okay. You want to wear the earring? We'll tackle you by the earring.
1: That's a risk you'd have to be willing be, to take. It'd be tough. You got the helmet on. It'd be tough to tackle him by the earring. Okay, shut up, though. <laughs> <laughs> dealing with a loss here. <laughs> yeah, it, would be, it would be difficult. Uh,
2: and I like the idea of you telling anything to Saquon Barkley. I'm older than him. Yeah.
3: He, I think, aren't
2: I? You're, you're definitely older than him. Uh, I think he's 25, 26. Uh, so barely. His thighs are about the size of your torso. Big strong man. I
1: like the look. I like the old school uh crucifix for the earring. I mean, it's reminds very '90s. I could see him on an upper deck card back in the day with that look. With sure, the high top fade. Yeah, and but the Jamie,
3: it's I not like the crucifix it. anymore. It's his own number. It's a dangly <laughs> number twenty six.
1: Pray to the altar of twenty six. I'm sure the Bears have that retired too at the to changes. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: I and, and even like, I, I. I like your list. I I would add like to me. Like, Nick Chubb is incredible. Derrick Henry's been great. Is Frank Gore still playing somewhere? No, <laughs> Frank Gore not still great.
1: He uh, wants to be the same backfield as his son, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara is great. What I would, a guy with breakaway speed who also is good in the passing game fits what they are trying to do. And I, it feels like a luxury paying a running back that amount of money, right? The Niners just traded a draft pick to and took on a big contract for Christian McCaffrey to be on the Niners. And they thought that they had a Super Bowl roster. So it feels ridiculous to suggest that the bear they're not a running back away. It's
1: ridiculous. Well, plus, like, what does the contract look like? How many years is he going to be here? Is he even going to be good and effective by the time the rest of the team is built up around him? I know a lot of the offseason, we'll, you will know, have to see how it plays out. But will he realistically be a part of this next Super Bowl team for the Bears? Yeah. I, I can't answer that.
2: I, I can't either. I mean, he's, he's, I, think he's I think he's 25. So, yeah, he is 25. So it's, yeah, so he turns 26 next month. So 26 in February. I, I'm supposed to have a very strong opinion on this.
3: Pretty much anything. It's your job. I know. Just anything we talk about, you should have a strong opinion on it in in one way or another. I know.
1: Hey, I had chicken and Brussels sprouts for lunch. What do you think of that?
3: It stunk a little bit. There you it go. It did stink. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you yeah, opened yeah, your lunch and yeah. walked out of the room, and I'm sniffing around. Just look back <laughs> yeah, yeah. at Danny. And he's like, "Hey, do you smell something?" Yeah. And it's always Brussels sprouts that smell, but they taste wonderful. And Tanny's a great cook, so I'm sure it was awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right. Now, what?
1: Go was, ahead. With your, your, I like your hard opinion on my. On my I got a strong opinion on those Brussels sprouts. Thing. It
2: really, it really left an odor in the room behind you. But honestly, like if they signed Saquon Barkley, it would be very exciting. And I would immediately be terrified of the contract because of injury at that position. And he's been hurt, but he looks like a superhero and they need premium talent and they need playmakers on offense. And if you look at it and it's like, okay, they, they like Cole Komet and there's no receiver in free agency. So who are they going to add as a playmaker realistically? Maybe they will trade for someone, and I hope that they do, and I absolutely would like them to trade a mid-round pick for a DeAndre Hopkins or something like that, but there's a good chance that the best playmaker that changes teams in free agency this offseason is a running back, and now that's just bad luck for the Bears, but if if I say on the front end, you have to spend money and you have to get Justin Fields playmakers on the back end. Can I really bitch and moan if it's a running back and not a receiver when they just don't happen to be good receivers? Like sometimes you get the number one pick in the draft and it's LeBron James. Sometimes you get the number one pick in the draft and it's Andrew Bogut. Bad luck. So I'd, I'd be terrified of the contract, but they can afford it. They just like, they simply can afford to pay Saquon Barkley. Because of all of the cap space that they have. And there just aren't going to be that many premium dudes out there. So it would be exciting.
3: Like, aren't you more willing on a payday out at the bar with your friends to pick up the first couple of rounds than you are not in a payday? Yeah. You're more willing to do something that you wouldn't normally do when there's more money available.
2: Yeah. But that doesn't – I don't know that that's like a sound economic principle. It doesn't
3: matter. Yeah. <laughs> when have you ever known me to have a sound economic I, principle?
2: I, I, I wouldn't, but I'm saying I'd like to think that Ryan Poles and his cap guys would have that level of discipline.
3: I don't care about that so much either. I, I want him to spend as much money for my current enjoyment.
2: Sure. Short-term you can't term, gra- take
3: it with you. Short-term
2: gratification. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And they'd be a tough offense to – like, it'd be, it'd be a tough offense to game plan against. Zone reads with Justin Fields and Saquon Barkley. That'd be real tough. So, I heard Dan talking about stealing Jason Bernstein's take of uh, he wants fast running backs. Yeah, that's a good one. How about fast and strong? Because Saquon is one of the craziest physical specimens that's come into the NFL in the last decade. So, it would be pretty, pretty, pretty exciting, and it's uh, I think going to be a reality if he doesn't hit the franchise tag for the New York Giants. We'll talk to Nick Wright in an hour. He's going to join us. Coming up next, we saw a superpower on display of local pandering. Ugh, It was disgusting. It's coming up on The Score.
4: Unlike other cities, we don't walk away from our most storied
2: and iconic assets. We build on our history and make it the
3: foundation of our future. Welcome to Chicago
1: for the next generation and beyond.
2: No. We'll talk Mike McCarthy and coaching coming up at 4 Mm -mm o'clock. Told you so. But um, Speaks is going to join us at 5. If you missed Tanny's tribute to Lynn Bramer, that's at 5 o'clock as well. Nick Wright will join us. At 4:40, we have a hilarious decoration in our office that is courtesy of Nick Wright of Fox Sports One, and uh, I think he will tell that story for us coming up in about an hour or so. But um, I saw this last week, and it bothered me because there's so much talk right now about uh, there was talk about like neutral site AFC NFC championship games, and Albert Breer had a story today. There's like, oh, they might be able to scout sites of Super Bowls. Yeah, because the NFL doesn't scout the site of Super Bowls. Just totally ridiculous. Like, Well, we need to see if this new stadium in L.A. is capable of hosting a big event in L.A. It's not how it works. Now, maybe a city like Minneapolis, Chicago, Indianapolis, whomever, they would only get one Super Bowl, would then be in the running for future AFC and NFC title games. But neutral site conference championship games is a terrible idea, and I hope it doesn't happen. But a stadium thing gets into the mix, and I don't know if you've heard, but um, there's a mayoral election happening in this city. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but politicians have a tendency to, uh, what's it called, pander and lie. And I'm not going to take a position here on which candidate I would be voting for for mayor of this city. But I will take a position against pandering, which on the subject of how the mayoral candidates for the city of Chicago feel about the Bears leaving Soldier Field, it's going to be a pretty easy position for me to take. Danny?
1: The Chicago Bears appear to be solidifying plans to move to Arlington Heights. What are you willing to do, if anything, to keep the Bears in Chicago? Jay Green.
0: Well, my family, our Bears fans, um, and they called me and said, keep the Bears here. Um, but, you know, of course, they've already signed a deal. We would bring them to the table, um, but our priority would be city finance. Okay, 15 seconds, Sophia King.
4: We definitely need to keep the Bears here, and they haven't signed that deal yet. So we need to keep them here. Either way, where the Bears are in Arlington or in Chicago, they need state funds. It is more economically viable for them okay. to be here so that they can make money, day and Buckner. not just on game day.
1: There, there won't be state funds going to Soldier Field or to keep the Bears in Chicago. I can tell you that right now. And I fought in Springfield to protect the people of Chicago from that happening. Um, the Bears, I w- would love to see them play here, uh, and I would love to come okay. to the table with them. But if they can't, then.
5: A lightning round, so we move fast. Willie Wilson. Uh, Semper, bring another team here. <laughs>
1: OK, Brandon Johnson.
3: Uh, listen, we have to listen and be prepared to negotiate. As I said, I come from a very large family of 10. I certainly learned how to negotiate when you're in a house with only one bathroom.
0: OK, Paul Vallis. Paul Vallis. Paul I Vallis.
5: Think, I think the Arlington deal is too profitable. We blew it. We had an opportunity to negotiate with them. We didn't. You, you can't insult them and then bring them back to the negotiating table. Lori Lightfoot. We're not done yet. We're not letting the Bears go. We're going to fight, fight, fight to keep them in Soldier Field. We've got a plan that we presented. I think they're interested. We're going to keep talking.
2: One person was like, we blew it. They're gone. And even that's not really true. One. I counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people, right? Seven candidates on that stage. We got to bring them to the table. We got to keep the Bears. No state funds. We got to bring them to the table. We got to negotiate. Oh, it's simple. We'll just bring in another team. We got to keep them here. We got to negotiate. We're not done yet. They're listening. They're at the table. We haven't lost them yet. We've lost them. We blew it. How about this? There was nothing that any of us could have done to keep the Bears because this offer is just better than anything that the city could offer. It's done, and we could do nothing about it. That's it. They're gone. Bye-bye. See you later. It's over. This is a story in the past tense. There is no keeping the Bears at Soldier Field.
3: It's impossible. And guess what, Bears fans? For for 70% of you, they're moving closer to where you live. <laughs> You're going to have better access to the team that you love. I'm not a political expert,
2: but I... I would love to know the polling or the internal data that these people have that's like who, who are their constituents that are devastated over the Bears leaving Soldier Field in the city?
3: Adam Studzinski.
2: <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like, who are, who do they think they're pandering to?
3: Adam I, Studzinski.
2: I guess. I may, maybe. I, 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 I'm so surprised. Like, do you guys see a bunch of people – Like on the internet or in your day-to-day life or whatever that are just devastated that the Chicago bears will no longer play on the lakefront, but they'll play in Arlington Heights. Studs and
1: Dustin. That's it. Who are these people? I don't know. We we follow it close and we've been covering it since the beginning, but like one of the number one questions that I'm asked about sports stuff from like people who don't follow sports closely is are the bears gonna stay here or not? So I think a lot of people still don't know that this thing is happening. Yeah. Because they don't pay attention to this, they pay attention to real world problems sure. and we dig in the weeds here. But a lot of people don't even know that it's gonna happen. It is happening. Like it,
3: is, it is happening. The new president of the team <laughs> said publicly on Tuesday that that's priority number one, building a new stadium in Arlington Heights. I don't think people understand how much better of a football experience they're going to have in Arlington Heights just because you can't see the Sears Tower from your seat. I, Bob? I, and that is the thing. Like, I, I understand that the deal hasn't been closed
2: on yet and real estate deals fall apart. I get it. But I could it, why couldn't someone just say, like, The Bears don't own their stadium. They were afforded an opportunity to own their stadium, and that's better for the business of the Chicago Bears, but it's not a reflection on the city of Chicago because they will always be the Chicago Bears. Am I crazy? Is that not like a totally... Like, it's not Lori Lightfoot's fault that the Bears are going to Arlington Heights. It could have been... who, Who are the greatest negotiator in the history of negotiating could have been? Could have been Samuel L. Jackson in in The Negotiator.
3: And they're like, yeah, that's a better deal. He was acting in that one, though.
2: That's right. Yeah, and it was actually Kevin Spacey that was The Negotiator. And things haven't aged well for him. Dump him. Yeah, my bad. That reference didn't work well. But, like, whoever it is, then I was going to go to The Art of the Deal. Also kind of a con man. But regardless, point is this. Whoever the best negotiator is that you could think of, on one hand, you could Play in a building that you don't own when you can't control the playing surface and you don't get any of the money from any of the other events that have there and it's a logistical nightmare and you can't host big events. Or you can have 320 acres of blank canvas real estate next to a train station to build anything you want, all of which the revenue goes back to you.
5: Lightning round so we move fast. Willie Wilson. Uh, sepa, Bring another team here.
2: Not allowed. <laughs> like, okay, that's worthless. Thank you for playing.
3: Hey, to be fair, <laughs> Willie Wilson has been running for mayor here every four years the last ninety-six years. <laughs> yeah, so sure. He's a he little out of touch. I'm just saying, like, it's
1: like I picked the Forty ers By the way,
2: <laughs> bring bring a good team here. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I so strange. Like, so you're just allowed to say things when you're running. For pol- political office. That it is not true. Awesome. Are you, are you new? No, yeah, I'm not new. I'm just saying it'd be nice if there was like a little bit of pushback and be like, hey, that's not possible. That's a lie. That's pandering. It was crazy. And the only person, uh, Paul Vallis, who was like, we blew it. They're gone. You didn't blow it. There was no way to keep them. It was impossible. Like, there was no way anyone would have kept them.
1: Well, no, because he could say his opponent blew it. I, right, but that's what I'm saying. That's why he's saying that.
2: You know, yeah. right, exactly. But, like, also pandering, also scoring a cheap political point, also not true. And that's not even a defense of Lori. That's a defense of facts. Like, on one hand, crappy stadium that nobody likes that you don't own that makes you no money. On the other hand, 320 acres to do anything you want that will make you a ton of money. Hmm. This is a tough one. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and by the way, there will be public funds. So also another lie. I was just, I, I i saw that on the news and I was like, well, who are they pandering to? Just say, yeah, it's a, uh, they're leaving tough break. I guess if you live in the South loop, tough break. If you live on the Northwest side. Great break. It'll be different for different people, but Bears fans are everywhere. So you're going to be fine. If you were willing to logistically deal with going to Soldier Field, you'll be willing to logistically go to Arlington Heights. So I don't know. Just pandering at its lowest form. Seven people, no one willing to speak the reality of they're gone. We couldn't do nothing about it everything's going to be fine. There was nothing the city could have done. There was nothing anybody could have done, and they're better off for it, and everything's going to be fine. Let's talk about some real-world issues. Even the best coaches are bad. Mike McCarthy doesn't fall into the first part. He definitely falls into the last part. I'll make my case next on the score.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spent here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.